Welcome to the Great Good Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Don. And we've spent the last decade plus working with passionate communicators, activists, and do-gooders around the country. We also host a conference called Create Good, where we gather folks to share their work and create a community for people trying to make the world a better place. The Create Good Podcast is a conversation with changemakers and rabble-rousers to find out what makes them tick and how they create good. Let's get started. So today we're here to talk with Don Crawford, who has worked in nonprofits for her entire 20-year career. She is the DC and BCDC Ideas and is a creative powerhouse. We can't wait to talk to her. Great. So glad to be here. All right, let's start with this. Tell us about your career in 90 seconds. Yeah. So I graduated from the University of Colorado at Boulder with a news editorial degree. So have a love of journalism and writing. And from there, I went directly into working for nonprofits. So I knew that I wanted to contribute to nonprofits and tell the stories of these organizations. This was all during the recession of some time. I don't even know which one it is now, but (laughs) it was during recession. So it did take a little bit, but um, I started in child abuse prevention communications. And then I went to immunization communications, which in healthcare communications, which really was my passion. And I found that that was really the combination of communications for me was around telling stories around healthcare vaccines and science. So, and then we started BCDC ideas in 2010 and we've been doing that ever since. So we've been able to work with over 100 nonprofits in the 11 years of our business. And it's been pretty incredible to be able to contribute in that way to society and to the world. So for you, why nonprofits? Why do you do this work? Oh, why nonprofits? It all started with a zoo. <laughs> so I, once I realized that there was somebody at a zoo telling stories about animals and getting people to donate and buy tickets, it kind of hooked me. The idea of being able to do storytelling and moving people to action um, is really what I loved. And so I knew I didn't want to be a journalist. I didn't want to have to move to Kansas and do nothing. But once I realized that you can have a professional career, really just telling stories about nonprofits is really where I found that niche and that crossroads for me of yeah, really loving to write and do strategy and move people to action was through nonprofits. And so it sounds like you've worn a lot of hats over the years and even through today. What's your favorite thing about what you do, what you get to do? What's my favorite thing? I love problem solving for nonprofits. That is honestly what I love most. I love helping people through that process of seeing something that is a pain point or seeing something that isn't working and then giving them new solutions and new strategies and ideas and tactics to help them overcome it and change it and have it not be painful anymore. <laughs> and and also just adding fun back into communications. I think a lot of people find us um, as nonprofit communications consultants when things are really broken or when they're just really, really tired. And so I think we also really help people bring the fun back to their work. So this is the, the magic wand time. So if you could change one thing about your work life, what would you change? Um, I mean, we really care a lot. So I think that's something that 
um, our passion for this work and our just <laughs> workhorse mentality. It's kind of hard some days. It's hard to turn it off. Um, we just always want to do a really good job. And I really hate like making mistakes and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think that's one thing, you know, I wish I could care less, but I don't know <laughs> if that's a thing, right? Um, you know, and I think, I mean, I would love to be able to do this from the beach, but I don't, you know, that's just having an extra house. I don't know, you know, <laughs> I think with COVID and with virtual teams and, you know, honestly, our team has been virtual since we started the agency 11 years ago. So COVID didn't really change that. But I think the rest of the world is realizing how cool flexibility is with virtual teams. So I would love to do this from the beach. So you've accomplished a lot. What do you feel like you're still striving for? I think one thing that's been really hard for us as an agency, um, as a communications agency, is just expanding our regional scope. You know, I think we get to serve a lot of nonprofits in North Carolina and the region. Like we definitely have some DC based nonprofits and things like that. Um, But it's always been hard to kind of break out of that region. So I would love to have clients in other cities and places, but it's always been difficult to do that. And I think it's just, you know, the nature of nonprofits and things like that too, is that they want that local knowledge that they feel like they need that regional knowledge too. So I think that's something I've always wanted to figure out is how to have additional clients in other places. Mainly because I want to go visit those places. Yeah. <laughs> BCDC Seattle. Yeah. If you're listening in. <laughs> um, so for someone starting their career in nonprofits and maybe moving over from somewhere else, what kind of advice would you have for them? I advise that you don't move into your greatest passion area. So if you really love cats, do not work for a cat shelter because you will give your entire life to that organization and you're going to burn out really, really fast. Um, so I think you want to be with a nonprofit that you really care about and something that you believe in, but not that you are passionate about. I think those things that like, ooh, I would love to volunteer for this organization and then get paid there means that you're just going to sell your entire soul to the organization and you're going to get burned out. And you're also going to have that kind of the magic taken off of that organization, you know, cause you're going to get real deep and see all the dirty undercarriage <laughs> of the organization. So I think that's my advice is clearly do it. Like you absolutely have an opportunity to have a career in nonprofit communications, but just really be careful about the mission that you pick because it's what you're going to live for the next, hopefully, two years of your life or longer. <laughs> so the next section we're going to talk about feedback. Mm-hmm. So I know it's something that you care about a lot. You're writing a book about. Yeah. Given some talks on. <laughs> um, so let's talk about that. Usually you're asking me and other people how they do feedback and how they take and give feedback. So flipping the flipping the script on you here. Yeah. Um, so how do you personally uh, process criticism and feedback with your work? Yeah. So this is something I've definitely struggled with my whole career. Um, I'm a fairly anxious personality. It helps me plan well, but it also helps me be very sensitive and really care about what people have to say on my feedback. I think that's something that um, it's not mechanical to me. Like I really take it and I still take it a lot. 
even with people that I have calls with, I have a client that I've had calls with for the last seven, eight years, probably. And she's, yeah, like still heard feedback on stuff this week, like tore me down a little bit on something I was super high on. So I take it very, very personally, you know, but I also see that feedback is incredibly important and it's, it is a mechanism to get better. And that I always still take every single piece of feedback as an opportunity to get better. So that's, that's how I process it is very personally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's good to know. Uh, So with that in mind, then on the flip side, how do you like to receive feedback? And what are some ways that you encourage that receiving feedback in that way? Yeah. I mean, I think, What's been interesting, I've been able to work with people for as long as I have, you know, for eight years, five years, um, is that I've really been able to understand their feedback uh, processes and the things that they initially come back to with their feedback process, and then help figure out how to train both of us, both myself and them, to give more constructive feedback. So constructive feedback is what I like to receive. And constructive feedback to me is direct mechanical feedback. It is, you know, this, this word isn't correct, just change it. Or this isn't hitting this mark, like this isn't hitting this goal. So let's try to just rework it. But I need it to be kind of, you know, almost thinking about it as a smart goals of things that are measurable, actionable, relative and timely things that things that are direct, right? If you don't like the color, that's cool. And you know, I think that we're very clear with that with our clients that step over the line of it getting emotional um, or getting too personal or too flippant. Um, I think that's something else, too, is that flippant feedback is off. So, yeah. Uh, well, that leads me to my next yes. question, then. Uh, what kind of feedback does not work for you? What, uh, what, what pushes your buttons? Vague and flippant feedback. So for me, vague is... I don't like this, or this isn't working for me. Ooh, that one's like, okay, we're going to slow you down and talk about what isn't working for you. Um, Cause that is, it doesn't give me any direction, right? I want direct mechanical feedback. Um, also flippant feedback. So things we've received recently, um, somebody said that this image is universally hated. And that was the only feedback. Like that sort of stuff, it's, it's, it's hurtful and it's, it was meant to be hurtful. It was meant to be dismissive. And so that's the kind of feedback that happens all the time. So yeah, with our hundred different organizations we've worked with, I've had a hundred different bosses or more in the last 11 years. So I've had a lot of opportunity to receive a lot of feedback from a lot of different type of types of people. And um, people love to use feedback as a weapon. It's a way, especially with consultants and people who are under them, it's a way to corral and coerce them into doing things that they need to happen. So um, mature people don't use it that way. But I think there's a lot of opportunity. People take as a lot of opportunity to be coercive and demeaning. Yeah. Yeah. It's my least favorite, favorite approach also. Yeah. How would you describe your feedback style when you're giving feedback? Mm. So most of the time, so I call myself, um, I'm a landmine. So landmine personality. So for feedback. So what I do is like 80% of the time, it's great. Just mechanical. It is, 
you know what, this is, I always lead with something that I love or just saying, just cheerleading of like, great job. I love this. This is, this part's really good. And then I will give more mechanical direct feedback of these things do need to change. Or I let things fly through because I trust my team, right? Like I'm not going to micromanage. And I also know that our clients are going to add some flavor too. So, you know, as long as I know that the client is watching and paying attention that um, I'll let things go through. Um, And then about 10% of the time, it's just not working and I go crazy or I'm tired or I'm stressed about something else or, you know, that, I mean, I definitely don't, I definitely don't try to take it out on folks, but it is sometimes an avenue for um, bigger employment issues. Right. So, but 10% of the time, like it's a total takedown and it's a redo, but, um, and I think that's just how our communications projects in general go about 10% are just total redos that didn't hit the mark. Um, and so I think that's just part of communications work is 10% of the time. You're just not gonna, it's not gonna work. (laughs) But yeah, so I think that's, I mean, yeah, that's my style is definitely trying to be mechanical, um, trying to be a cheerleader. And a lot of people kind of get freaked out by the cheerleader part. I know one of our graphic designers is like, why is she so like, great job. (laughs) Because I want you to feel good about your work and have it not all be feedback, right? Like we like, everybody should people, people should like to hear that they're doing a good job. (laughs) Um. All right. So I have uh, one more question and we'll move on to another topic. And that's um, what, uh, what's something you, you want to improve on or are trying to improve on either giving or receiving feedback? Um, or do you have something? Yeah. I mean, I'm always, I always want to improve. I take this little personally. <laughs> I think for me is, because we have a lot of long-term clients is that the feedback, you just get tired. Right. And so I think that consistency of helping the team maintain voice and tone and, and, you know, perfection quality is something that I wish I had time for, but often when we're just cranking through a lot of stuff that that is where, you know, I definitely let it go is that I think being more vigilant in my feedback sometimes would be something I could improve on. All right. So let's talk about burnout. So burnout is a huge conversation. Um, well, pretty much everywhere these days, but especially in the nonprofit space has been talking about burnout for a while now, kind of alluded to it earlier with uh, kind of mission empathy burnout, I think. Um, so what uh, what kind of things do you do to avoid burnout or maybe recognize burnout? What do you do? Yeah. Um, so during the pandemic, personally, was the first time that I got a therapist to address my kind of professional and personal burnout. <laughs> and then um, also this winter is the first time I've gotten meds to help with it, too. And so so those things are definitely pandemic related. But in general, I honestly it helps me with burnout is that I take things a day at a time. You know, it's almost that like addiction thing of like, um, because I love this work so much, it's very easy for me to give my entire life to it. And so as long as I look at it a day at a time, that it's what to get through the day today is what to, you know, that sort of thing. And what to help yourself in the future. We use a project management system, um, Basecamp, 
And that helps me with burnout also, that it is all just a day at a time. And that my calendar, between my calendar and my base camp, it tells me what I need to do that day, right? It's like my assistant or whatever they're called, people who tell you to do things. I don't know what that is. But I think that's how I really do it is I do it a day at a time. And then beyond that, I love social media. So I often, you know, if I need to escape, I will take a few minutes just to look at Facebook um, or organize things in the Pinterest is also my other big <laughs> stress reliever. And then um, we also, we, we really love change in our family and in our life. Like I really love change. So anything I can do to change, to get outside, to like get, you know, air, go exercise, plan something to do for the weekend. It's just something needs to change. We're very bad with monotony and that kind of uh, groundhog effect that groundhog day effect that really happened during the pandemic of this thing of like, great, I'm waking up and doing the exact same thing I've done for the last forever. All right. So what kind of keeps you, what keeps you coming back? What keeps me what? coming back? Yeah. yeah I think um, it is that we get to change the world every single day, right? That we are literally making the world a better place for somebody through our work. So um, whether it's helping somebody find a cat to bring into their home or um, helping protect and preserve the spaces and places that we love in conservation work or helping get shots and get people's arms to protect them from disease. It's just, we're literally changing the world with the words that we get to write in nonprofit communications. And I think that's the thing that everybody should hold onto is that, you're literally changing the world. And I know it's just a Facebook post, but it is, it's making a difference in people's lives and people look forward to your communications. Like people look forward to that, to seeing what you're doing. And that's different than Pepsi, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, people are probably excited about their next Pepsi, but you know, it's from a social perspective, they're not looking for it. They're not looking to like learn those stories. So that's, yeah, it's a thing. It really, we get to have such an impact is huge. For this next section, it's rapid fire. Yes. So with that, we're going to do a quick answer. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yes. You ready? Yes. All right. I was not good at this when we did it. <laughs> I did not. I don't think I'd want to answer to anything. So the heat's on you. All right. What is your favorite word? Change. What's your least favorite word? No. What's your personal nonprofit or cause passion? Immunizations, vaccines. What nonprofit cause do you think gets too much attention? Anything religious. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Be a teacher. What nonprofit professional or organization or comms team or other nonprofit unicorn out there. Would you like to talk to on this podcast? I would love to talk to Clearwater Marine Aquarium. Um, so they recently lost winter, the dolphin, which was, has been in movies and is like a huge brand asset. So I'd be really, they did a beautiful job of transitioning her life and just trying to figure out how they did that. And um, what's the next step when you, you kind of lose what you're famous for. Great. Well, thanks for being on the podcast today. Uh, do you have anything else to, to add? 
I just, I'm really fortunate to be able to do this work every single day. So I'm really thankful to all of the organizations that have trusted their communications to us over the years and everybody who's listening, who's trusting the last few minutes of their life to listen to us and that Create Good is such a cool thing in a cool community. So thanks to everybody too for participating. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. This has been Don Crawford from BCDC Ideas. And uh, we look forward to meeting in person whenever we're all healthy again. Bye, everyone. If you're listening at home and you want to get all the new episodes sent to you as we release them, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And until then, keep creating good.